The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk with Matter Private Network. During current restrictions, don't ignore your health concerns. Our expert team is ready to help. Porrick Cork and horticulturalist Keen Gardener. We are, of course, talking about autumn and the ideal time to plant everything that comes in in autumn. Climbers being particularly popular. Before all of that, Porrick, what about Andrea's leaning tree? Well, she did the right thing in terms of pruning it back and taking some of the weight out of the tree. But cherry trees are notorious for being surface rooting. And if you plant them close to patios or to driveways, the roots grow right around along the surface and they can often raise a patio slab or, or tarmacadam. I think Andrea did the right thing. Prune it back and see, can you reposition it, pull it back into place again and put a really strong stake on it. And, and it, will it gradually it. then, once it's put back in place, it, it will extend roots, bed itself in and life may continue as normal for it? It will indeed, but but uh, anything in the prunus family, in the cherry family, uh, Anton, do have surface rooting uh, roots that they go right along the surface. So they're not really suitable for, for planting close to a driveway or a patio because basically the roots are just on the, the surface. They tend to raise the tarmac at them or, or raise the patio. So always plant cherry trees well away, well into the lawn or down into the back of the garden somewhere. Is there a general rule of thumb that you can use to judge root size by crown size? Yeah, I mean, in most trees you will find, if they're less vigorous, say something like a lovely silver birch, they only grow to about 18, maybe 20 feet in height, and their roots will spread to about maybe, you know, 8 to 10 feet out from the crown of the tree. So the overall root structure is fairly confined and birch trees have a very fibrous rooting system. They don't have a strong tap root. So they're more suitable for planting along avenues or close to driveways or in a tarmacadam area, for example. Liquid amber would be another tree that's very suitable for that. So certain trees are surface rooting and because of that, the nature of the tree, the roots just stay very close to the surface. Poplars would be another really good example of a tree that the roots stay very close to the surface. It can be problematic in a driveway or a patio area. So pick the tree to suit the location. So autumn, winter, as we look ahead then, what should we be considering planting? Well, it's great planting weather, Anton. We were chatting about this last week and even though we're getting a spell of of rain at the moment and the temperatures are getting cooler, it's actually a great time to put plants into the the ground because the the soil is a little bit like the sea. It tends to retain the heat after the summer and plants planted during the months of September and October root very, very readily. So particularly for climbing plants, I mean, for most climbing plants, you want something that's going to be vigorous and that's going to cover a wall quite quickly. So by planting at this time of year, the plants set down a really strong root structure. And then when we come into spring, they literally spring out of the ground and, and cover walls really quickly. And some of the, were, you know, m- many summer flowering clim- or climbers are associated with summer flowers, like climbing roses or rambling roses or clematis. But there are some beautiful uh, climbers that give lovely colour at this time of year. If you think of the Virginia creepers and the Boston ivy, they're changing colour at the moment and it's a great time to plant them. But a lovely plant that I have in my own garden is one that flowers just after Christmas called Clematis Winter Beauty. And it produces these beautiful white, pure white nodding flowers from late December right through until early March on evergreen foliage. So the foliage stays for the winter. You've got these beautiful flowers through winter and early spring and it's a very fast 
growing climber. Well, when so you say very fast, range. clematis is, it's like the thing. I, I, there's one of them in, in my back garden and every year I cut it back to the point at which I think I have finally won the victory. And by the end <laughs> of the summer, it has put on several tonnes of foliage. Yeah, and there's different varieties of clematis. So again, you can pick a less vigorous variety if it's a smaller wall or a trellis or an arch that you want to cover. But if you need to cover a lot of space, I think the one that you have from, from chatting to you before is the spring flowering Montana, Montana Rubens, which produces beautiful pink or white flowers in April, early May sort of period. And that you prune that just after flowering. The one I'm referring to actually flowers through the winter. It flowers in December, January, February, early March, and it retains the leaf. It's got these lovely leathery leaves right through the winter period. So it always looks really pretty. Winter, spring, summer or autumn. So it's one called winter beauty. But there's so many good evergreen climbing plants like the star jasmine is another favorite of mine tracheospernum jasminoides jasminoides meaning jasmine-like flowers because they're white they're scented the plant has lovely leathery green leaves in summer that changes to a, a really rich red plum red through the winter and the leaves stay on the plant right through the winter period and what you tend to find anton is as we go through the winter the autumn in particular, as the temperatures get colder, the beautiful autumnal colours come into plants like the Virginia creepers, the Boston ivy, the tracheospernum that I mentioned. Those beautiful, um, rich, burnt orange and red colours are really strong for the next couple of months. I have to say, Park, your your memory is terrifying. It must be <laughs> six months since I, as a throwaway, mentioned yeah. that clematis to you. Well, and you, you could remember its species. That's really worrying. Uh, to, by the way, text uh, questions to 53106. Uh, question for you, Park. At what point does one bring herbs back into the kitchen for the winter if they've been out all summer? Well, remember that many herbs are perfectly happy out of doors. So if you think of things like bay leaf, sage, thyme, rosemary, lavender, they're perfectly hardy out of doors. My advice is really to give them a, a trimming now. And if you're not going to use the fresh uh, herb leaves, freeze them for the winter period, put them into ice cubes and freeze them and use them then right through the winter period. So it's only tender um herbs that you need to bring back in. So I'm thinking of things like basil, possibly. But most garden herbs are perfectly happy out of doors. Uh, bringing them inside, you make them soft and the flavours aren't as rich. So really, my advice is to tidy them up now, give them a little bit of trim back. They will kick back into growth again and keep them somewhere sunny, but sheltered. So south facing windowsill, maybe on your patio somewhere, somewhere adjacent Somewhere adjacent to your kitchen is really where to, to grow them. But particularly most, if not all, garden herbs are perfectly happy out of doors for the rest of the winter. A real high pressure one for you now, uh, Boric. My daughter is getting married at the end of December. I would like to have no. my garden borders and window boxes looking good for that time. What do you suggest that I do right now? Also, any suggestions for indoor plants for a cold porch? OK, well, in terms of indoor plants, there's some lovely plants you could consider. Things like camellias, if you put them in the porch now, you'll actually fool them into spring, into flowering for Christmas period. So they'd be lovely. Castor oil plant would do really well. There's a lovely one called Spider's Web, which has got bright, variegated foliage. So it'll do super in an enclosed patio, even though the patio is closed. The jade plant would do well. Maybe something for lemon scent. There's a lovely plant called lemon scented geranium. It's actually a geranium and the leaves are richly scented. Once you touch the leaf or in a porch situation, it releases a beautiful lemon scent. And maybe because of the occasion, you could grow some citrus plants like lemons and limes and have those ready 
for the festive period through the Christmas period. In terms of plants, colourful window boxes and containers to keep the, the garden looking really well for Christmas, I'm thinking of plants like winter flowering pansies, violas would be lovely, cyclamen would be in full flower, Christmas rose, the heliboris would be beautiful, uh, winter and spring flowering heathers, trading ivy, and even you could plant um, some of the early flowering bulbs like winter aconites would be in flower for Christmas. So there's quite a lot of plants you can plant at this time of year that will stay in flower from now right through the Christmas period and into January of next year. Another one just in that I am bumping up the list because of its respectful formality. A question for Mr. Horkin. Is it too late to plant hedging? No, it's again, we're coming into the perfect time of year. If you're thinking of planting a copper beech hedge or green beech hedge, we're coming to what we call, Anton, the bare root season. And this is a time of year when Irish nurseries put plants on sale, bare roots, so they come without pots. They're literally grown in the fields, they're lifted in October, November, and they're put on sale. And that's the cheapest time, the most economical time to buy hedging plants is during the months of late October, November and December, and a superb time of year for planting bare root hedges. So things like laurel, grislinia, beech, alder, you'll get available in your local garden centre as bare root plants and that's the best and most economical time to plant them. And they'll root right through the winter period and give lots of energy then in springtime. Here's another. What do I need to do to get my poinsettia leaves to turn red, please, Boris? <laughs> it's always a, a, a perennial question we get. And unfortunately, the thing with the, the poinsettia comes to us from Mexico. And in Mexico, it grows out of doors as a garden shrub. And it's not exposed to any artificial light. So if you think in your in your home, you're turning on the lights, you've got car lights, you've got street lights and poinsettias won't go back to that lovely red color unless you can exclude artificial light. So you need to place it in a room that you're never going to turn the light on, that it's never going to be exposed to to artificial, any form of artificial light. And then it will come back in producing those lovely red bracts during the winter, during the December and January period. But unless you can exclude the light, the plant will remain green. It won't be triggered to go back into that beautiful red colour. So any of the Irish nurseries that are growing them for Christmas, they just give them natural daylight and they exclude any artificial light uh, from the plants. That's amazing because I had always assumed that plants were only reactive to UV, but it, it isn't. It's, even artificial light will cause them to change their patterns. Absolutely. Car lights, street lamps. Um, any sort of artificial light will actually keep the plant green. It won't turn that lovely red colour. So here in Ireland, when, when the nurseries are actually growing the poinsettias, they only, they only situate the greenhouses where there's no um, artificial light. So out in, a, in a, out in the middle of a field type of thing. And they only give natural daylight because otherwise the plants won't change back colour again. Another one saying, I have a lot of green moss and lichen, lichen, depending on which foot you kick with, spreading rapidly across my driveway and patio. What will get rid of this, please? Okay, and it's this at this time of year, Anton, as we come into October, that lichen and mosses do spread across tarmacadam and hard surface areas. If you treat it now on a dry day with pack PAC, it's a liquid you mix it in water, you apply it onto the surface of the driveway and it will eliminate any green mosses or lichens and kind of nip them in the bud because they're beginning to spread now and left untreated, they are going to be problematic next spring. While I have you, Park, I'm going to exploit you for a personal one. What do you do when the grass in your lawn departs and leaves a little green leafy fella that looks a lot like shamrock that from a distance <laughs> could fool you into thinking it's lawn but isn't? Well, that's helixine. It's probably helixine or baby tears, which is a really, really small leafed creeping plant that, that can 
cause damage, not damage, but it can take over sections Completely. of your lawn. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it does respond. There are treatments, lawn treatments that you can get in your local garden centre like Dicofar or Greenforce do one. If you apply them at this time of year on a dry day, it will control the helixine. You may need to repeat it again the following spring. One or two treatments will actually get rid of it. To be honest, if it's only a small area, I would just let it grow to be, you know, I'm not a, a big um, fan of using broadleaf or, or lawn weed killers. Um, you know, most of the weeds will compete with the grass or the grass will compete with them. Um, but if it's spreading out of control, then you can certainly treat it and you'll get those products in your local garden centre. Just put them on the next dry day. Do feed the lawns this time of year, Anton, as well. Give them a bit of an autumn feed just to green them up. It doesn't force any growth, but it just gives them a nice green colour for the autumn and makes them a little bit more uh, resilient to the weeds in your garden. Lightning fast before we go, Porik. What pine tree is edible? Is it white pine? I want to plant one in the garden and eventually make pine honey. Oh, well, the white pine is certainly edible. The needles of it can be used. Um, so that that's probably the safest one to use. Wow, I, I'm fascinated by pine honey. We will have to discuss this sometime down in the future when we have the, the, the remaining time to do it. Porik, thank you so much. That is Porik Harkin, who is a horticulturist and, of course, graduate of the National Botanic Gardens. 